Welcome to the 4T Pill. Are you tired of the average colored pill movement? Ready to step it up to the next best thing? Maybe you're Welcome to the 4T Pill. Are you tired of the average colored pill movement? Ready to step it up to the next best thing? Maybe you're not actually feeling like that whole proto-fascist baloney is for you. No matter the case, the 4T Pill is for you. It's um 4T, back with a little commentary sesh. Yeah, we're, we're breaking down Bernie Sanders. Just a small part, you know, just um... Just looking at a little facet about his his 2020 presidential bid. I, for one, am excited. I Well, see, I'm a Bernie bro, but maybe I can convince you to become a Bernie bro as well. So we'll take a we'll take a look in this short little little splash of Fortee's uh, episode that we got going here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're here to chat about Bernie and his 2020 presidential run. If uh, any of you haven't uh, caught wind of that, a couple of days ago, he, you know, after, like, much kind of um, hype and expectation, you know, a lot of people were expecting this to happen, but no one was entirely sure, and he just broke the ice and just let the cat out of the bag right. went, hey, I'm running. He, exactly. And there's been a lot of speculation around this because he and Elizabeth Warren had a meeting. And obviously it was to discuss, you know, that they, they sat down and um, I forgot. I, I think it was at uh, one of their own homes, actually. So it was a very, like, personal type meeting this is about new to me. this. Sounds like some Illuminati right. shit. What's going on here? Maybe, well, it was... It, it obviously wasn't in a cafe. Don't quote me on that. I, I can't actually remember the story now, but they, they met in private, um, you know, like off the books, kind of. Everybody yep. kind of found out about it, but obviously because they're both public figures. But, you know, they, what we assumed was that they were discussing the presidential campaign. And then soon, soon after that, Elizabeth Warren announced that she was launching an exploratory committee, not necessarily launching her bid, but, you know, and so, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of speculation about what came out of that meeting. And it's kind of interesting to see them both in the running now, you know, like, was this part of the meeting? But anywho, um, yeah, just look at, looking into Bernie Sanders as a candidate. Uh, I love him. How do you feel about him? I'd say I'm also a fan. I think, uh. Yeah, I like his kind of straight-talking, plain-speaking style. The fact that he stands for what he believes in. He's true to his principles. He isn't bought off by Super PAC like a lot of these other people. And he's very similar to the a politician that we have in the UK. He's the leader of the Labour Party, known as Jeremy Corbyn. Where Are they comparable, though? I really wonder if... But go ahead, go ahead. Um, I, uh, I don't know that much about Corbyn. Yeah, I'd say we'd be going, we'd get onto the policies in a minute, but I think their uh, backgrounds, their career paths are somewhat comparable in the sense that they've both been representatives for quite a long time, and it's a situation very where outspoken. it's only in the yeah, very outspoken, and it's a situation where it's only been in the last few years where they're starting to get due recognition. And I think that's because of uh. the kind of change in political spectrum. But it's also that, yeah, it's just that situation of, uh, it feels like they're, they're like the only ones in Congress who haven't sold out yet. So if it feels like 
these presidential rounds and these rounds of popularity could have potentially happened like 20 or 30 years ago if they had shook hands and made deals and schmoozed with the right people. But I feel like both of them kind of paid the price of staying true to their principles and not compromising on them, at least in the key areas. And now, you know, after fairly, you know, after like some time, they're beginning to reap the benefits of that in a way, in terms of their, you know, them having quite strong, loyal popularity and following. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It would be interesting to break down the parallels, you know, just for the American audience, um, just breaking down, you know, like their rise to popularity came at the same time as these figures like, uh, obviously Trump and then the, the Brexiters. So people like the guy with the funny hair, what's his name? Uh, Boris Johnson. Yeah. Boris, Boris Johnson, Johnson conservative yeah. MP. These chaps. So, I mean, like it, yeah. it'd be interesting to break that down. Um, but I suppose, well, you were saying something interesting to me earlier, which was, which had to do with Bernie's age. And I don't mean to make that sound like it's a bad <laughs> thing, but I, I definitely feel as though that it, it's a, it's a valid point that we can actually discuss. And, um, it, it might be overlooked by, by those, by those, uh, hardened Bernie, so-called Bernie bros that are out there. So, yeah, I would say this, um, in talking about his age, you know, I'm not trying to be ageist here and it goes beyond just simply, just the simple fact of, oh, he's old. Um, there is of course the fact that there is somewhat of a risk to national security if he were to become president. We have to bear in mind that if he were to win the 2020 elections at the time of inauguration in January 2021, right? He would be <laughs> 79 years of age. Like it's a good age. That is that is quite old. I mean, what is That's the golden years, man. <laughs> like what is what is what is life? What is long what is the like what what's the rate of longevity typically for American males? I don't even think it's 79 years of age. Do you know what I mean? Nah, it's probably like it's it's more like I think 75. it's 72 for men and 75 for women. Uh, yeah, like I know it's I know it's somewhere in the 70s and it wouldn't is is not necessarily Maybe. 79. Like how old? I don't know. Is do you have any grandparents still surviving or Well, yeah. So I have a I have a grandpa. He's in his mid 80s. Yep. And he's like his faculties are all together. I wouldn't say that he he should be president because he doesn't necessarily have a background in politics. Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's the he's really still formula. out there. Every year he does this, like, octogenarian golf tournament. Like, he yeah. organizes it and then whoops ass in it. You yes. know, like, he's still he's still there. But so the age question came up. And it, it when we're talking about Trump, of course, it comes up alongside of his health issues yeah and so it's a bit more than just like the ageism because we we um there's questions you're not a surrounding chicken anymore you're 79 overweight no exactly and yeah, with yeah, trump yeah, as yeah. well similar thing with trump but but i think trump on his own you know like they say that he the official white house uh surgeon general or whoever yes. does the um physicals 
You know, yeah. he says that Trump is however many pounds. I think about two hundred and thirty pounds. Three. No, but that's the he, thing. Right, two hundred and thirty-four, whatever. Yeah. And there's questions surrounding the legitimacy of that. And but, the thing is, he, um, even like, like maybe he may even be more than two hundred and thirty pounds. And even if he was two hundred and thirty no, exactly. pounds, he's he's clearly not six foot three. Like anybody with a pair no, of eyes yeah. can see that. Like Obama himself is the uh, same height typically as Obama, put at like, about six foot one, and Donald Trump is kind of essentially his height, maybe even slightly shorter. So. If he's around that height, six foot, six foot one, then two hundred and thirty pounds isn't the. I'm best sure way there's to conspiracy theories here that, yeah. like, you know, Trump slouching or Obama's wearing high heels. <laughs> I'm sure they will, <laughs> but, but anywho, six foot three is a jump, but, and you know, it's the type of thing where I actually think about it. I have an uncle. Yes, he's about six foot one, I would say, and he's about two hundred and twenty pounds, and. He's not small. He's not. He's not like. Ob- yeah. He's not like obscenely fat, but he's a big fella. Yeah, he's got. He's got like a bit of a you know pot belly there. Like he's. You know, he's not in the like slimmest of shapes. And Donald Trump to me, me looks me bigger better. than him. Yeah, that makes uh, you well, feel better now. You know, you could like continue going <laughs> on your bloody bear boozes with the vodka tree, huh? Ah, uh, you know me. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, the overweight factor is just one one area of concern with Trump. Yeah. The, the thing, age exacerbates that. It's obviously, it yeah. obviously does worse damage to, like, the joints. And um, and then there's questions of if, he's, if he has dementia. Yep. Which is an interesting, I mean, yeah. obviously, these are things that we can't actually know unless mm-hmm. we were doctors examining trump yeah in terms of like his um, short fuse and his um limited vocabulary range you know his how um, he talks erraticness his yeah and he talks in circles he doesn't exactly. complete his sentences very, very like rants. and then he just like says some random phrase like we're gonna build a wall and then it's like yeah oh, kind of the midnight mood swings just, <laughs> <laughs> that we just see you know illustrated so well on his uh twitter account right just seeing the outrageous times that he's tweeting yeah but that yeah. might have to do with another theory no, we're getting into the weeds here but like these wouldn't really be an issue unless it was for his age you know and so there's like legitimate concerns surrounding trump's age and so I, I see why you might have legitimate claims to Bernie Sanders' age. I don't know. I'm just not seeing it because Bernie Sanders seems like a legitimately more healthy person. Like, both in his, like, in his demeanor, you can kind of tell that his mindset is a bit more, more healthy. But it, Absolutely, it seems yeah. like he's got to do some exercise. You know, like, Obama was doing the jump shot. You know, he, yeah. he had his... Yeah, his exercise regime. Well, Obama was like, like Obama's fifty-seven. Tim. Yeah, he was yeah. the youngest president to be sworn in. You know, like he was younger than JFK. Wait, wait but he's not the youngest something. though. I think it's Hardin. Hardin. President no Hardin may be the youngest. I think he was sworn in in his early forties slash in his late thirties. What's his well, name? People again? in the comments can yell Warren G. Harding. I I don't. Act, hmm. Am I gonna be? Am I gonna well, be that guy to Google it right now? Well, it, it's bound to be Calvin Coolidge. I think would be the youngest one. Sorry, Warren, it's Calvin Coolidge. 
Yeah, so youngest US president. It could. I think it's, right. it's one of those two. Oh, so I guess is now I was completely off about what um Jay Harden. I don't know where I got that from, but it's um Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, too. Teddy Roosevelt, and then JFK. JFK was forty three when he was sworn in. Then Bill Clinton uh. forty six. Ulysses S. Grant. I guess that's the dude. Was that the dude after Lincoln, right? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah forty-six, yeah. and then Obama at forty-seven. Well, I stand corrected. Um, okay, yeah. uh, but you know, like forty-seven versus seventy-nine, up... mate. You, in terms of sadness, yeah. already would be swatted. Ulysses S. Grant. I'm still anywho, <laughs> but um, you know, these kind of problems. If you know, you Ulysses take Ulysses S. Grant. If you've seen pictures of him, he kind of looks like a big dude. Yeah. You know, and they had different health issues back then. I suppose in terms you could of just like die yeah. of tuberculosis. Forty six like... in the nineteenth century is different to forty six in the twenty first century. You're absolutely right absolutely. there. But then there's still, you know, cases such as uh I mean like up until recently the average age for a president seemed to be like early to mid fifties. Like George W. Bush, I think was in his mm. uh early yeah mid 50s when he was sworn in then there was bill clinton of course who was like you know relatively younger then there was george hw bush who was in his 60s ronald reagan was like in his late 60s and even then they were talking about issues concerning his age there again i'll give that man his props you know even though he was one of the older presidents the guy did get you know he was one of the only ones who got shot down and survived and lived to tell the tale so so no, no doubt that that guy wasn't lacking, you know. I mean, it that was guy a ricocheted was bullet. Ah, is that, you didn't that, take a direct shot. It was a ricochet. How sensitive! <laughs> how sensitive of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. He was a survivor, I guess. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite so, um, his age. I, I, I guess, like, since we're talking about age and presidents, especially with Trump, we see that. He's very out of touch, and this is something that that you British him were were you were bringing up with Sanders, and he might yeah. be a bit out of touch to to you know kind of more of the modern problems like the gig economy, deindustrialization, those type of issues yes. that we're facing nowadays. Yeah, so I think even in the cases where. I don't know, like, I feel like we can't, it's not fair to just say like, oh, he's not as bad as Trump because Trump is an outlier in so many different ways. Just because we have him as president doesn't mean that we should start lowering the standards to that point. I don't know. No, I got you. I got you. Because at the end of the day, like, okay, you can talk about aspects of Trump being out of touch and I can see that and I agree with you but to be honest I feel like you know first of all a lot of those congress people a lot of those representatives are out of touch to a very large degree but then I think whether it's Trump Elizabeth Warren Bernie Sanders Joe Biden all of these people who are basically kind of like 65 and up or like 70 and upwards are I just think it's when you get into that age, it's it is quite difficult for you not to be out of touch. I don't know. Think about like 
I don't know about you, but I think about the conversations I have with some of my, some of the older members in my family in terms of um, my parents or my aunts and my uncles and on the odd occasion, my like grandparents or my grandma. And there's just certain things that, you know, in terms of the economy, relationships, marriage, families, society, culture, they're just they just can't necessarily relate to. They're not, they're not in touch with it. They're not engaging in that society on a regular basis. It's not crucial to them anymore. They are, they, they're past that point. Well, I suppose so. And I, 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 I agree with you on that, but I, I feel as though where Bernie's coming from, he's able to adapt easier and change his views, if that makes sense. Because a lot of, a lot of people mm. who kind of get stuck in their ways, you know, they're, they're part of this intellectual tradition that, you know, results in this end of history type thinking, you know, yeah. where it's, it, this is the final say and everything after this is just stupid. It's just mumble rap, you know, <laughs> like downhill. pull up your pants there, boy. Like it, it's that type of it, it, it's that type of thinking that that kind of prevents them from being able to adapt. Like I feel as though um, issues like the gig economy can be addressed better by a democratic socialist than a, a very like Reaganomics esque Trump. Mm. If you understand what I mean, because. I mean, these problems that are persisting continue to follow that same um, that same critique that are the traditions of 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 people like Bernie Sanders. I would say so. I don't know. Like I um, mentioned to you before, a lot of Bernie Sanders' policies, like I agree with where Bernie Bernie Sanders is coming from on an ideological basis. Uh, I empathise with him a lot there and during the 2016 um, in the lead up to the 2016 election I was like yeah very you know as an outsider looking in anyway I was very supportive of Bernie rooting for him to win the nomination and you know it kind of just broke my heart and you know just sort of rubbed me the wrong way when we saw that Clinton again turned out <coughs> to end to be the uh, not successful nominee and yeah i i dig him ideologically but i still just think that you talk about how he's and yes he's played a crucial role in helping shift the overton window in terms of before sanders came along Socialism was, you know, socialism is still a dirty word in some parts of the US Absolutely. mainstream, but it was a much dirtier word back then. And it was barely spoken about the idea of like, you know, significantly higher taxes, free college education, universal health care were not mentioned in the mainstream media, whereas now it's the topic that's dominating it. And kudos to him. Thank you, Bernie, for helping to do your part there. And that is the thing, another thing I do want to mention as well, is it seems like, I don't know, at least in the USA, there seems to be this very much kind of, I don't know, 
ah, it's like this Uberman. I don't even know how to kind of term it, but this type of culture is almost like reverse messiah complex where everybody's, it's like life is a movie and everybody's looking to the to identify the person who's going to be the protagonist and kind of connect all of the dots and save the world at the end of the day. And that's what the role of presidency of president is increasingly beginning to look like. It's kind of like anybody who has a decent brain on them and can make change has to run for president. And it's like, well, you know, there are many other ways of having an impact and making change where you don't have to be the president. You can serve as a cabinet member. You can just serve as an influential member of parliament. You could be like Martin Luther King and play that role as an activist and still be very impactful. So there's also that, I'd say. Just because he's good at what he does and he's effective doesn't mean that he has to be president. All right. Well, so this kind of ties into my my hot take on, on the Bernie campaign. Yeah. And as a Bernie bro, it kind of tears me up to say it. We're taking it back, y'all. We're taking back Bernie bro. It's a good thing now. Yeah. But um, I, I really feel as though Bernie losing would do the would be the best possible outcome. This is an interesting theory. Elaborate, please do. Well, so I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with his campaign. He's not. He's not endorsed by the establishment. We saw that in the 2016 campaign. Uh, they'll go so far as to, to just defraud American voters to push him out. He's um, he's pretty old. We got to be we got to be upfront about that. There's yeah. questions about whether or not he can serve those those four whole years, uh, four whole years. Oh yeah, oh yeah, eight terms. whole years possibly. You know, eight, eight to seven. Exactly, exactly. No, mate. And um, well, so what we have. You know, last time he ran, he really stoked something in America, which was all of these all of these younger politicians coming to the fold. You know, AOC, um, Omar Alon. Yep. Wait, do I have her name backwards? Omar Alon, Alon uh, Omar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other Muslim is Muslim lady who was running for a seat in Detroit, I think. Oh. Oh my gosh, why have I forgotten your name? But yes, so yeah. you have all of these young, very progressive, outspoken um, outspoken leaders being yes. elected to Congress who are pushing for, you know, really shifting the dialogue to something that's that's productive for the American workers. Yeah. Um, so so I really feel as though, you know, I would, I would love to see him in office. That would be freaking great. But I think that, Yo, getting him up on stage in the main debates and just completely obliterating all of these like faux progressive, um, yeah. like your Corey Booker's and your Kamala Harris's, Corey, yeah. it, all of them. Yeah. You know, just getting up there and obliterating them, and you know, putting them where they are. I think that that would be the best move he could make yeah. for American politics because it would. It would uh, downplay that whole fear of socialism, that whole like taboo of discussing yeah. it. Just like you know, AOC came out with the with the seventy percent tax on wealth above. Uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, what was it? Marginal tax rates. Yes. Like, no, that couldn't have happened pre Bernie two thousand sixteen yeah. campaign. Yeah, it really couldn't have. Um, and, and and so that'll continue to fester. But I think that 
one thing that uh, Bernie's campaign, whether he gets the nomination or whether he uh, wins the presidency or not, that will stoke even more and push it even further into the future, which, as we all know, is a socialist utopia <laughs> filled with gulags and free uh, college. So the, <laughs> that's my hot take. <laughs> but yeah... Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's a that's an interesting like theory to kind of um, expound there. And I I think yeah I can agree with it in many ways in terms of it's a situation where I don't know he he's yeah I think he has his role his role there as the unsung hero just like how. I don't know whether it's basketball. I don't even really watch basketball, so I don't know if I can use that as an example. But I think of football or soccer uh, for, you know, some of our listeners, depending on where you're from. And it's like, okay, in uh, soccer, a lot of people think of, you know, your strikers and your key midfielders, your 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 Lionel Messi's and your Cristiano Ronaldo's in terms of the ones who are the face of the team and help them to win games because they're the ones who score the goals. Right. But then with that, in those teams, you know, just for the Lionel Messi, you know, there's a Xavi or for the Cristiano Ronaldo, there's... I can't even think of it for... I haven't watched football in ages, but, like, there are are other key players, like... uh, the yeah, holding right. midfielder, the, the defense, the goalkeeper, the midfielders, yeah, 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 exactly. Where definitely they're not necessarily there scoring goals every week, but maybe they're the ones who are creating the chances for those strikers to score yes. goals, or they're the yeah. ones who are preventing, you know, their goals from you know being wasted in terms of oh Ronaldo scores two goals and then the opposition scores three goals twenty minutes later, and then it's all gone they're to waste. The ones... They're the ones setting up the cross, you know? They're the yeah. ones kicking the cross in and having the striker have that position. Yeah, I can get behind that. Okay, I'll say yeah. this then. For the football fans who are who are um, listening, I guess more so the long-time football fans, I feel like soccer. Sanders... So- soccer fans, soccer. yes, soccer fans. Football, soccer, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that Sanders is the Makaleli of politics. And for the... For those of you who are who don't follow soccer or maybe haven't didn't follow it back then because he's long retired now, but he was a French defensive midfielder who played for both Real Madrid and eventually Chelsea, and it was this situation where he is not he was not a glamorous footballer. If you look at his his uh, goal scoring record in like the hundreds of games he's played. I think he may have scored less than 20 goals. Something ridiculous like that. Yes? But his assists... I say this, it's, I, not, I even, no it's not even necessarily his assists, but he does his mm. job. He is ve- he he is known to be a very reliable player and one of the best holding midfielders of his generation. If you had McAuley on your team, you knew that your defence was your defence and your back four were going to be somewhat solid and he was going to be reliable. He wasn't going to, like, let things slip. And it was an interesting situation because he spent his last few years in Chelsea, at Chelsea Football Club in London. And it's this crazy situation where prior to that, he was playing for Real Madrid. 
And of course, back when he was playing there, you know, it was quite, it was in his more glamorous years. That's when they had David Beckham and uh, Ronaldo and Michael Oren and Zinedine Sedan. Yep. Oh, dude, they, Stan? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Headbutt guy? Yeah, they had like, guy there was people. a period from like 2002 to about 2004, 2005 where Real Madrid just had like, it was the kind of epitome of the Galacticos, which is like their nickname in terms of like the super team, oh, like team of the galaxies. That's where Oh, they, they were had, like the dream team. Yeah, it was like, um, I don't know, I guess you could say it was an equivalent to like the Chicago Bulls back when like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, all those guys were playing for them. All right, I'll yeah. buy into it. So you you heard it, you heard it here first. This is a four T's hot take. Yeah, so essentially, yeah. Bernie Sanders is... The Makaleli. Um, Ma- Makaleli. Makaleli? What a silly name. Of Bernie politics. Sanders is Makaleli. So just to quickly finish that point, okay? So when he was, when Makaleli was part of Real Madrid and part of this super team, this dream team, it was easy for him to get lost in the shuffle. It was easy for people to focus on, oh, David Beckham and his fancy hair and Ronaldo and look at all of the goals he's scoring and forget about Makaleli. And it reached a point where the manager of the club kind of disparaged, like, spoke disparagingly about Makalela, saying, oh, he's a boring player. He rarely, like, moves past, like, the the um, s- second half. Like, just basically saying, fuck this guy. Like, I don't fuck with him, you know? Yeah. And there's yeah. this interesting situation where the moment they sold him, they sold him off to Chelsea, their, the performance oh. of their team declined. They didn't win shit. They didn't win anything. Despite having all of these great players, they didn't win anything for like two or three seasons. And lo and behold, the moment Chelsea gets McAlealy, they go on the biggest run and uh, come up ever. This is uh-huh. this this was the time when Chelsea became the club that it is today. Because you know, like for people who have watched football for a bit of a longer time, like when I was growing up, when I was like eight, you know, back in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Chelsea was just another mid was just another mid table in team. Chelsea didn't make you bat an eyelid. And then suddenly out of nowhere this rich Russian guy who's looking for a way to launder his money and, you know, get a tax rat off, <laughs> start spending money, throwing money at the club, and one of the key acquisitions was Makaleli and boom. Ever since then, they haven't looked back. No, no, no! Don't talk about Russians, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. This... In your metaphor, in your parent, don't mention it. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I might trigger certain listeners, but um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so what... don't. There's no parallel between <laughs> Makaleli in this aspect. All right, and that's why I say Bernie is the Makaleli of politics in terms of he's that unsung hero. His presence, his very presence, is gonna have some sort of impact or influence mm. to the point where he doesn't need to be president to make a difference well more, more no absolutely and more importantly it already has yes you know you you won't be able to see his impact until after yeah just really like that's one for the history books exactly like, the impact that he's had in politics throughout his tenure yeah not just recently but like his time in the senate like He's done some great stuff, so... Yeah, okay, so... um, Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, I agree with you um, 
on that. And again, he has already made a difference. But um, yeah, there's just still that thing of... Yeah, also, like, we, we spoke before about his solutions surrounding the economy and how he can reduce income inequality and help make life easier for just, you know, regular workers, make it more bearable. And again, I feel like those solutions he's mentioned in terms of, you know, uh, stronger unions, uh, higher taxes. Um, what are some of the others? Like, yeah, uh, free, free college education, universal health care. Uh, some of them... Right. I can I can get behind, but there are others where he's talking about unionizing and taxation, where it's going under the assumption that the economic that there's gonna that in like the coming years or decades there's going to continue to be an economic structure where you can easily tax people's incomes and there's a, a workforce solid and stable enough to be unionized where. In my eyes, it doesn't oh. seem like the future is headed in that direction. Is headed in a space where, again, we're going to have like a lot more independent freelance workers. There are going to be companies operating internationally. There's all these loopholes as to how they can get around that. And I just feel those solu- solutions, they're kind of 20th century. I don't know. What do you think? Well. I got you on that. You know, like the gig economy is something that's hard to address. Really, though, the reason why I feel as though he will be able to address those issues more readily than, say, uh, uh, some of the more more people to the right. No, I agree with you. I'm not saying that. Like, yeah. No, no, and then we we won't see a young whippersnapper for a long time who can deal with that kind of those kind of issues. But you know, even these, even the um, the technologists or the you know techno Marxists who are debating, ah, uh, dang it, I dropped the Marx word. <laughs> um, the, the the people in academia who are wrestling with these issues and trying to come up with the solutions always come back to the one thing. And it's these economic factors that are easily addressed to things like taxation, economic equality, economic opportunity. You know, they might be dressed up in fancy new terms, but that's not necessarily the, the, the larger picture, which is the economic issues. And that's, that's something that we need. We need this longstanding critique for and, I, you know, like Sanders may not be perfect on addressing, like, uh, open source issues on the Internet. I get that. Like, yes. he, he didn't grow up in open source culture, so he doesn't necessarily know yeah. how important open source is for the Internet. Like, that's fine. You know, um, open source have... or, like, working freelance or, like, gig economy, no, right. Uber. Like, the the, the open source things. life. Which is really, I, I think that's what you're me, what you're, what you're kind of going off to. Yeah. Um, and w- we can discuss this more, but like, open source borders, open source, uh, work in yeah. general. You know, yes. Having having greater freedoms, not necessarily constrained by such physical realities as borders. As well as a greater you know, the, need. As well as a greater need to, in terms of. De- looking at the way the markets work and the fact that more money is being made in emerging markets such as China and India 
there will be cases where you might need to uproot and go from one place to another for a couple years simply because that's where the work and the money is and how do these like oh tax people you you tax people regularly on that income or you unionize them when they're like self-employed or they don't stay in one place for more than a year for example transnational labor unions i suppose um if there's like (laughs) some kind of uh, if there's some kind of um, on your point like uh if there's something laid out as to how that can work i'm more than willing to give it a listen in terms of bernie sanders not being perfect on it yeah i'll give you that but I feel like again there are there are some younger candidates out there running on a democratic ticket who I feel deserve a look in and I think Ooh. one person in particular, I don't know if you come across him, is this Andrew Young dude. Who? Andrew Young. Andrew Young, a Chinese American. Forty four year old Democrat running for president who is running on a platform of universal basic income along with a number of other areas. His background, he's apparently oh. a serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, he seems like he's um, he comes from Silicon Valley. Like, oh, it seems like no, somebody no, uh, who is... You're killing me. I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, he, he seems like somebody who's better able to understand the problems affecting people today than a 77-year-old politician for Vermont who's been in that post for, like, 40-plus years. Like, I don't know. But, you know, these... Gosh, this will devolve into another conversation. I don't actually know him. Yeah, check him out, I'd say. I'll I'll have to to excuse my own ignorance, but what I do know about Silicon Valley types, maybe he does come from a more more um critical take on economics yes and the economy but if he's purely like this if he's like this mark zuckerberg type you know where he doesn't really understand the 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 ramifications of technology beyond the scope of just like oh let's make a bunch of money then it'll lead to more problems which is like what 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 uber's created yeah. with the gig economy uh, what what Airbnb has done to the housing crisis in the in Silicon Valley, for and example, and major cities like New York, London. Yeah, we see it here as well. Yeah, you're right. oh, of course, yeah, yeah, here mm-hmm. as well. Uh, just people living in absolute squalor. Yeah, just you know, and it, it it's it's kind of one of these issues where we do need somebody who's from that old school of thought, but you know, I I, I think that there should be a synthesis. Yeah. You know, this is where this is where my point comes in where you know, like the president isn't a perfect being and doesn't he's not omniscient, he's not he's not that messiah figure that America's hoping for. Yeah. But he's able to to have advisors and people mm-hmm. around him who he listens to and trusts because they're they're intelligent in this area and he's able to to create some sort of dialectic in their thinking to address the issue in a way that uh, they fully support, you know, and and, and Bernie Sanders is that type of guy where, you know, he doesn't know that much about the internet. Like that's fine. He was born in 1941. 
That's and but then half also, a century. You also don't know what you don't know. So if he doesn't know that much about the internet, who's to say that he's in the best position to receive receive advice as to how he should create policy for the internet? Even if he gets policy recommendations, Oof. is he in the best place to assess it, assess them, and understand which one is the best one to pick? You, we can say, I, I oh, you know, he's, they he's have advice and they have these things. But you it's know, like, you know, for example... I don't know, um, we can talk about like building a factory that makes a particular seed for palm trees. And I could tell you, look, I'm going to give you some advisors, man. I'm going to give you some advisors. You seem like a smart guy. Just talk to the advisors. Would you still be comfortable even with those advisors making decisions on how to manufacture seeds that can help grow the best palm trees? Well, see, this is where the burn comes out is because he knows politics and he understands who gives better advice is it the, uh, the this but then there's policy he, he, area there is like we're talking about like no 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 the no, internet, no. So the, you um, know, the modern economy this is a, the this is a economy. big thing about it he has to have an understanding or some connection to it himself and if he doesn't how well, is he going to really yeah. be able to relate well and and, and and he could get more well read in this area but but the fundamentals stand true that if you understand that vested interests will always propel themselves then you can understand never to trust somebody with vested interests you know don't don't listen to somebody from uber about legislation about the gig economy you know what i mean listen listen to actual taxi drivers listen to the taxi union about about ride hailing yeah, or point. you know, listen, li- address both sides. Um, maybe, m- maybe take one with a grain of salt. Maybe take both with a grain of salt. You know, and yeah. this is something that he's done in his career. Um, uh, one recent example is the war in Yemen, which I think is a bit of a a bit of a, a, a strange area. But what he did was actually extremely successful. Because he got establishment Democrats behind a push to end a war that essentially began with Obama. Yes. Yeah. Like you know, in that, 2014. That, that's a major. He saw the momentum behind the Khashoggi killer, the 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 killing of Khashoggi. Yeah. And he took that momentum that the Democrats felt that animosity towards the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and he pushed for legislation. He pushed for that legislation. He he passed it. Um, he was a successful legislator, and that in, in whether or not it was signed by the president is a is a whole other ordeal. But you know, like he successfully lobbied for legislation to be passed as a legislator. That's a huge move, which is just brilliant thinking on his hand. So. I, I think when it comes down to that, not just like geopolitical, but also also geo uh, geo capitalistic, if I could use that term. Like oh wow, okay, yeah, geo capitalistic. He he has those. Um, so so it, it's not necessarily that he um, he knows exactly what to do at all times, but he knows which avenues to take and yeah. when to take them. No, that is a good point you make, and I will give Sanders his props due there in terms of he has been responsible for introducing 
number of different pieces of legislation, such as the one you just mentioned regarding the Yemen war. Where my war. headset up here? Okay, it's fine. Better? Yeah, hello? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the um, Yemen piece of legislation. I know there was another one surrounding um, college, like, I think, free college education in New York City that he helped um, get behind and ensure succeeded. And then there was another oh. bill he passed with Elizabeth Warren recently. Like, I'll, I'll give, yeah, he... He he does have a track record in terms of um, trying to grasp and propose modern solutions to modern issues. I'll give you that, yes. <laughs> so on that note, I guess we're, we're going to close up shop here. But before we end, I don't know, I guess you answer confused me a bit, but you seem like a Bernie bro, but then you did say that you hope he doesn't actually win the nomination. So if that is the case, who do you want... <laughs> Who do you want to um, become president? Who are you rooting for? Oh, man. This is a, a kind of a sticky area right now. Like, I honestly just want to see Trump stay president. And it's... This is this is controversial, man. The Bernie bro saying it. But, you know, he's... He, he's um, He's slowly dismantling the U.S. empire, just just fumbling around and being a bumbling idiot about it. So let's see more of that. Let's see the the dismantling of the U.S. empire. Let's see more people actually question, you know, why uh, why is American foreign and domestic policy this way? How can we make it better? You know, people are starting to ask real questions and not just finding it in the faux so-called resistance. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we already know who you're behind there, Mr. Young. No, no, I'm not behind. I'm not behind Andrew Young. I don't think it's. Um, uh, I don't think he has a realistic chance of winning the Democratic nominations. Who do you think I'm behind? Uh, Beto O'Rourke. No, no, I think he's probably he's too <laughs> moderate. Uh, he's a young fella. He skateboards. What <laughs> <laughs> right, now? It's, it's becoming like this now. Um, it's kind of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's kind of contradictory. It contradicts my previous point about Sanders' Sanders' age, but um, she is still a bit, a fair bit younger than him. Uh, I guess on a relative scale. And I say I'm rooting for Warren Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren. Fair enough. Yeah, um, I've been. She's someone I've been following for about nearly five years now, and yeah, um, not bad. her understanding of economics is very solid, and she's very good at communicating mm. her ideas and relating them to like everyday folk. Um, she just seems like I guess in matters concerning the economy, like I almost don't want her to be present. I'd prefer to for her to take the position as treasury secretary rather than president but if that's what uh, she's running for then so be it in terms of she would be the person who i'd view as best at dealing with the economy her knowledge and her like grounding in it is like so strong she has a previous experience with the um consumer finance bureau that she headed yes, she's yeah. uh she's a she no she's a yeah she's a no nonsense person and mm-hmm. She can cut through the bullshit. She's a she's a tough woman, you know, fierce, yeah. and I like it. Well, 
I will partially agree with you on that there. Just to round things out, pretty good. Okay. I guess um that's our quick, well, it quick, but, you know, turned out into something a little longer, but our conversation, you know, that we have been meaning to have about this Sanders nomination, we just thought we'd kind of, you know, do you guys a favour, give you guys the privilege of listening on it, you know, you are the flies on the wall, let us know what you think, talk shit, subscribe to us, follow us on our socials, you know, the usual jazz, all of that stuff. Absolutely. From Tall Tim and British Tim here at the Four T's. The hottest leftist podcast in China. Yeah. Y'all have a good one out there. <laughs> <laughs>